Life in the land of the ice and snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host Shana. 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 <laughs> uh, our guest today is Justin, and he is from the U.S. And I know that you were born in Colorado, but it does not sound like you stayed there. So maybe fill us in a little bit on your background and how you came to Sweden. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So I grew up in Colorado, like a little town called Lafayette. So I tell people Boulder because it was just right outside of Boulder. (laughs) But I grew up in like a very Christian Southern Baptist family in like hippie central. So it was like this like great dynamics of walking into a church and then you see people across the street barefoot with, you know, at the hippie college. (laughs) It was really like Naropa was like a hippie college dancing around, teaching a class on like rhythmic dancing or something like that. So Mm. it was like this wonderful like... Nice contrast. Contrast of it all that you're just kind of like, all right, cool, I get this. Yeah, and then I lived I lived there for 23 years, oh. and then my sister moved to Louisiana, needed some help. Uh, she married somebody, and she, she moved okay, to Louisiana. Okay, I was going to say, random? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so she moved to Louisiana because her husband moved there, and then shortly after she got there, like six months, he wanted a divorce. Oh. Yeah, and so she was. she's like my best friend, and so I was a, a manager of a, a, a fast food chain, and I was like, I'm doing nothing. Let's yeah, go to Louisiana. Yeah. So I went down there just to go spend six months. I met somebody and was like, this is where we're going to be. <laughs> and then after a few months, I was like, I hate Louisiana. I don't hate so Louisiana. Like, no, let's take it back. Louisiana is wonderful. I hate the heat. I get that like in the humid. humid. It's the humid yeah. heat. But where in Louisiana? Baton Rouge. Yeah. Baton okay. Rouge. Yeah. I only went to New Orleans a few times. I did spend one part of a Mardi Gras there, and it's mm-hmm. wild, but it's also very gross. Like, there's stuff in the street <laughs> that you don't want to see. And, yeah, I've um, been to one. Yeah. I did catch uh, Anderson Cooper's beads. Wow. Did not have to flash for them, but uh, <laughs> he was tossing beads off of a float, and I caught them, and I was like, I am never throwing these away. And then I realized these beads are probably very gross because they're all in, like, New Orleans. That's like, where they, yeah. Yeah, no. So I lived there for, like, two and a half years. The relationship ended up ending because they wanted to stay, and I was like, I, I'm I just dying can't take this in, this, in this state. How was your hair during that time? Was it, like, oh, super? I kept it really short. Yeah. But yeah. my hair gets, like, really, once because it, it's getting long now. Once it gets longer, like, it gets, like, puffy and like curly like this on the back of my hair will start to curl up yeah so when I did have it long for a short period of time it just got really poofy and so it just it's very hard to manage and I hate doing my hair a hat was on all the time oh yeah then uh, I was I had some friends that were moving up to Seattle and the relationship wasn't there and they were like you're not happy here you've always talked about how much you love the Pacific Northwest however I had never lived there or visited, but I was infatuated with it since I lived in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And they're like, just move with us. And so I was working for uh, like Whole Foods at the time and then called them up there and I said, do you need uh, a barista and a coffee roaster? And they're like, yeah, come up here. So I got a yeah, job. We don't have enough of those in Seattle. Not at <laughs> We're all. We're gonna have to import some. Mm-hmm. So then I was up there for about nine years. And now we come to, how'd you get here? 
Oh, this is a good story. It yeah. is. It's like That's a movie. I feel like it could be a movie. I should write a screenplay off of it. Yeah, so I was mm, about three and a half years into living in Seattle. I met somebody. And so we were together for five years. Uh, so, so we met, we went on a trip through Europe just for a vacation with a friend. I proposed. And this was like 2019, I think. And then we've always wanted to live outside the U.S. because I was like, I'm tired. I just want to try something else. Okay. And Sweden was a great choice. We made a pit stop in Sweden because uh, my family's, my dad's side of my family is originally from Yavla. And so we were like, let's go stop by. Let's kind of see like the Swedish roots, the heritage. We came here and we were like, it feels a lot like Seattle in the sense of like the people, the weather kind of culturally just felt kind of the same. We both worked in tech. So we were saying, why don't we just move to Stockholm? Everybody speaks English, so I could easily like have some time to like integrate into learning the language rather than being like thrown into it and being like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so 2020, his company allowed him to move here. So he moved here in October of 2020. And in December, I came over and I moved the dog because I was gonna go back to Seattle and kind of sell everything, get rid of it all, and I didn't want it to be stressful for her. So spent Christmas here, moved the dog here, or I went back, and then the plan was for me to come in the early February of 2021. I don't know why I keep looking at you like, you know, like, <laughs> Shannon knows the dates. <clears throat> Maybe it's just my way of like actually trying to analyze. So sold everything, my job couldn't transfer me, so we were like, look, move here on a Sambo visa, take your time, you know, get acclimated and whatnot. And then a week before I got here, we had a phone call and he's like, I don't think I feel the relationship anymore. So I was like, "Yeah, what does that mean? It could mean many things, really. Things you could have mentioned earlier. <laughs> that was the first thing I was like, so this is not the best timing because I quit my job last week and I'm living with my sister before I, okay, cool. Um, I'm a very level-headed person overall. I don't freak out, especially in instances like that. Like I'm usually the one that if there's an emergency, just look to me because I'm probably gonna be able to take care of things. And so, uh, you know, we had the talk. Don't know what this means. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, do you want me to move to Sweden? Only if you want to. Okay, well I do, because I don't have a job. I'm technically homeless. I already had a personal number. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to come here anyways. Whatever happens in the relationship, I have nothing left in the US for me to really build upon. At least I had already started coming here. And I wanted to move here. It was much better than where I was living. Minus the friends. I have some amazing friends there. And so I moved here and then uh, lived together for like almost a month. And then he moved in with somebody. Mm. So there was, uh, not, I think, you know, I would never speak ill of him at all. I think there was just lots of fear on his side. And he should have said something earlier, but he didn't. So uh, that's how I got here. And the first year, I always say it was like the big like trauma year. How do I find a job? How do I find a place to live? Navigate the language, navigate like a social structure that I'm not quite used to. Right. No support system. Try and make some friends. And I did all of that. Any tips? Because we, we do have a lot of people who listen who are in these kind of situations or just moving. And not everybody has a Swede to guide them. So how did you go about doing all of this? Yeah, uh, there's a few things. I would say, one, realizing, cry as much as possible. Because you feel like you're so alone. But do your best not to cry alone. Find a friend back home or back wherever home is or even a friend here. And uh, I, TikTok was like my, my counselor for a little bit. Somebody was like, never cry 
cry alone. Have a friend that you can call and you can cry. So I would call one of my friends, Nicole, or I'd call my sister and I'd just be like, I need to cry or I'm not doing well. And just so that you have somebody there so you don't feel like you're alone because when you're here and you're going through all these traumas, even if it's one, even if you, you're here and you don't have a job or you're here and your partner broke up with you, just one trauma is enough. But like if you're going through multiples, it's hard to navigate. So I would say cry often. Uh, especially with somebody else if you can. Enjoy your time here because if for some reason it does not work out and you have to go back, don't you want to be able to try your best as possible to realize like, I lived in Sweden for a little bit. I was able to experience a little bit. So even if it was through tears or you know heartache, I would go outside and I would take my dog for long walks. I'd walk through the city and explore, go sit in cafes, even if it hurt so much because I wanted to be able to, if I had to go back, to realize like, yeah, yeah it was a beautiful place. But I think the cheesiest thing is when people say, you really can do anything is realizing you really can do anything. Why not do everything as possible, everything as much as, or everything that you can to get here and to stay here. And then if it doesn't work out, then you have to realize some things don't work out, but you worked your ass off and you tried as hard as possible. Yeah, you did everything you could yeah. and you got such an experience from it. Oh yeah. It's, it's a good mindset to have. You don't have it all the time though. There's many times no. where I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here? This is <laughs> nuts. It was crazy. But how did you end up finding a job and a place to live? Because those are two of the hardest things. Yeah, uh, the job was the hardest. I think I applied to like 132 positions. It's a very specific number. <laughs> I remember because it was like 132 or 138, but I really feel like it was 132. We'll give it the lowest one. Still quite a bit of jobs to apply to. Yeah. And I think I had 30 interviews and then I had four go to the final stage. And then, so my thought was like, don't even keep an eye out for housing, but don't really try for anything yet because you need a job first. Then I got to the got to work and I think within my first week, I talked to our HR person. I was like, I need help finding a place. We offer that. And they're like, yes. So they connected me to uh, a company and they found me a place. So you haven't been here so long, so you're, you're still fresh enough mm -hmm. that I would love to hear any cultural mistakes that you've made or mistake not knowing what a certain food is called, buying the wrong thing at the grocery store. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, the grocery store terrified me at first because I do have like pretty bad anxiety sometimes. Like I want to be able to not look like the tourist and not like the fool or somebody that just moved here. So I want to know all the steps before you go in. So the first Ika that I walked up to and I saw these little guns and I was like, ah, nope. I turned around and I walked out and then I ordered uh, like Uber Eats or something. So I think the first week I lived here, I was just ordering takeout as much as possible because I was so <laughs> bad anxiety about speaking English as well, knowing that I didn't speak Swedish to begin with. It just gave me anxiety of being like, I don't want them to like, but I found most of the people do not care. You're patronizing their place. I think the only thing so far that has been like a big cultural thing is I'm a very, very transparent and very honest person. So I will say what's on my mind. And so sometimes I'll tell people some things and you can see in their eyes, they're like, oh, why, the, why did they say that? I'm not passive aggressive at all. And the Swedish thing is to be a little bit more passive on some things, especially if it's uncomfortable. I don't mind uncomfortable situations if it gets us to an end goal. So that's something I've had to learn to like, pat it just a little bit to have yeah. it be received it's, a little Swedes bit. Swedes aren't necessarily very confrontational. And even, even if it's not something terrible, it's not always that they're right to the point. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. let's let's tiptoe around. And the dating here has been 
so like long of people like yeah, let's see you once every other week for a week and I'm like no let's go on a date let's go on like once a week type thing I need to get to know you and they are the slowest oh they to gotta schedule you in the calendar <laughs> maybe week 24 and week 23 comes around and you're like how about week 24 and they're like mm. <laughs> yeah I don't think that's even a dating thing I think that's just people in general Oh, I mean, well, I mean, that's all Swedes in every situation <laughs> in general. Yeah, definitely. So weeks. I don't get why. Who speaks in weeks? Well, I, I talked to so many, you know, Swedish people and it's like they don't even know what that is they either. They just happen to have the calendars. And I guess it's just an old habit that everyone does that. And like the schools yeah. do that. And so now I just set up on my my Google calendar that it shows me what the week is. Wait, exactly. But yeah. I think people just tend to randomly say weeks. Just like it's almost like talking in the investment world are you in a series a or you know what do you do people just go weeks and like i was like uh-huh, okay yeah week yeah. 26 no idea I'm but i'll just my vacation my week 27 oh my god i need you to show me how to like set up the weeks on my calendar no yeah. problem yeah. you can you week can set calendars. on your on your google calendar you can set week numbers yeah good very very useful my favorite one that i didn't know sorry is the uh google translate I didn't know until like last year that you could just open up the camera, hold it over a sign, and it'll translate things for you. Have you seen this? Girl, that's how do you think I survived going to the grocery store when I first got here? <laughs> or at work, sometimes I get a work email that is like, I'm like, I need help with this one. And I just like hold it. All right, got the gist of it. Like, I only discovered it last year too, yeah. so don't feel bad. Not, not for Sweden, but for Italy. Ah, and, brilliant. And then you just have so much fun because it's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. just using it for menus, and I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> I, I love it. I use it every single day, actually. Yeah. You haven't been here so long, but do you have any tips for our listeners? Restaurant tips, things to do. Maybe you visited some other places in Sweden. Yeah, I think if you like being outside. Okay, so if you like being outside and you don't have a car, which if you just moved here, most likely mm. you don't. And you live inside the Stockholm area, going to those little uh, colony lots. So those, yeah. those are like the best little ways inside the city, just kind of like get out just for a little bit and you see some gardens, especially during the summer and it's beautiful and it's so nice. The winter's kind of cool too with that because it's like a little eerie, but my tips are be outside as much as possible. Well, we should explain because I don't think we've talked about colony, colony lots. lots. What and is that in English? Like, is that, it's not called a colony lot. I would say a garden plot, maybe. I called them, we called them pea patches, like pea a sweet patches. pea, like pea patches. So like you would have, you'd be able to go and like rent a small little piece of land just a few meters by like maybe as big as this like room and you would just rent it and you'd pay like a yearly fee and you could grow whatever you want really well not whatever you want within certain reasons but here there's like two styles there's one where you just rent a piece of land just for growing just for growing and then the other ones like the colony lots i think are the ones that they have that little tiny hut a little house on it and that's where like usually they have running water some electricity and that's where some people just spend their entire time it depends there's different where you go and and they have different exceptions on the houses so yeah if you're lucky you've got one that's got some running water most of them though probably don't have electricity you're not really supposed to stay overnight these are supposed to be just a tiny little place to go inside if you have your little garden area but of course you know a lot of people hook this stuff up especially if you happen to be lucky enough to have a bigger one which i would say the biggest you're probably allowed to have would be around 25 square meters somewhere around there but not every little house is allowed some are only allowed to be like 11 or 13 square meters but it's enough for when it rains you can 
go inside and I'd love, but there you also you have to apply for them a lot of them. Yes, yeah, and wait in lines that take years and years and years. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of those things that you either have to marry into it or somebody dies. Yeah. Like I feel like that's kind of what it is. It's almost like the housing system here. If you want a first hand rental if you're in those. Oh yeah. Sometimes those take like up to like twenty years for some places. Yeah. I'd say my favorite places though are being next to the water. Because you're in a place that has so much water, like just finding some nature spot in there and try all of the small cafes as possible because those are going to be like your cozy nooks when you need to recharge and just go have like a, a coffee and like a little uh, a pastry or something. It's just like your little time away and finding all of the ones in the city. It's a good goal to go for, to just explore all the different little cafes. Mm-hmm. There's so, so many. Oh God, yes. I'm starving now. We always talk about food and I'm like, you know, <laughs> can we go eat? <laughs> and there's so many days, like little small holidays based around pastries and desserts, it. which is so nice. You're like, oh my God, what day is it today? Oh, we get semla. What is the day today? Oh, we get carambula. Oh, what is the day today? Princess Twatan. Okay, thank you so much. Like, this is so nice. My kind of holiday. Ah, yes. Food. Any food holidays. Well, we'll go ahead and and wrap it up on that food note so we can go eat. (laughs) But thank you so much for being on and chatting with us. Thank you for having me, Sweden. (laughs) I'm so happy. I honestly, I'm so happy to be here. Like, it was a terrible first year in the sense of, like, so much trauma. But, like, meeting phenomenal people, like, have brought it to a place where you're like, this is where I need to be and this is where I want to be. So I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) 